Hello everyone and welcome to the Power of Music Thinking. My name is Christoph Zürn and this is the podcast for people with a musical heart and a wicked job. We're looking for stories, insights and tools from the big world of music to inspire leaders and followers to listen, tune, play and perform in whatever field you're operating. Did you know that music can help you to rewire your brain? This episode is about the working of music on the brain and behavior. My guest today is Arthur Jaschke, neuromusicologist and professor for music-based therapies and interventions at the Artes, University of the Arts in Enschede, and he also works at the neonatal intensive care at a hospital in Groningen, the Netherlands. We talk about how you can use music and sound for the advantage of healthcare, well-being and brain stimulation. We elaborate on themes like empathy and listening to unknown music or music that you might not like in the first place and the effect on your thinking and the basics of innovation and improvisation that can also be applied in a business setting. And we also speak about the joy and benefit of learning a musical instrument and the impact it has on the well-being and self-therapy of everyone in a stressed-out, busy workplace. Welcome, Arthur, to the program. Hi, Christoph. Thank you very much for having me. Great, uh, great to have you. And let's uh, start right with a personal question. What was your first memorable concert or sonic experience that had an impact on you? Well, it's three questions. It's not just one personal question. <laughs> You're asking me three in one go. Uh, most memorable concert. Um, that's a tough one. I mean, I've seen so many concerts in my lifetime. I couldn't pick out one. Uh, I mean, uh, my first Iron Maiden concert was such an impact. <laughs> I mean, it was so great, the theater around it. Or the concert I've seen with Wynton Marsalis and his big band uh, in New York. I mean, that had a huge impact on me. Uh, seeing the Concertgebouw Orchestra in Amsterdam playing all symphonies of Mahler uh, or the opera in Amsterdam playing Wagner uh, or Alanis Morissette. I mean, I really couldn't say if you ask me about the concert because they're always so individually special. Deep Purple, ACDC, Kiss. I mean, I, you name them, you know. I mean, I, Johnny Cash. Uh, <laughs> I could continue, you know. I mean, uh, I couldn't have one uh, that had a particular impact. They all had a different impact in terms of experience on me. Uh, in terms of first sonic um, experience that had the impact, I would go as, as far back as maybe one or two years old. Uh, the singing of my parents to me, uh, mm -hmm. just a lullaby, uh, and it's, it's a Polish lullaby that my mother sang to me. And I remember to the day uh, all the words of it. And uh, sometimes it just pops into my head and comes back, you know, and reminds me of the very early days of childhood. So it, it always played a very, very special role, as you can see, you know, the first okay. memory that I have is already so early. And then all those concerts and uh, be, being a musician myself uh, on the other side is also something that you, it gives you a lot of impact in how you perceive and do the world, of course, musically. 
Do you still remember the meaning of the words, the Polish words? I still remember. Yes, I do remember the meaning of the words. It's like a sleep tight little child. Uh, you will, uh, yeah, typical lullaby, of course. Uh, you will uh, fly to the dreamland across the moon and past the planets. Uh, just to sleep well, sleep calm. Uh, there's always a safe haven back home, but uh, be free and go away. You know, it's, 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 it's in that direction. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking it because it reminds me on uh, lullabies I heard and uh, by my grandmother. And she was, when she was young, in Indianapolis in America. So that was quite a, right. a big journey from Germany. And um, in, the, in the evening, we, we, re, we re, were really keen to hear her sing for us, uh, sleeping. And she was singing, yeah. I'm coming. And because we were young, we didn't understand the words. So we also mm -hmm. always wanted to hear Ein Kamin, which means that's a, a, a chimney. Uh, chimney. <laughs> so, and and that, these are the nice stories. Years later, you understand, hey, hang on. This was something totally different that we imagined yeah. by the sound yeah. we heard. So, yeah. and yeah, great, great to share also um, with us your, yeah, your, your different styles of, of, of concerts. From Iron Maiden, Deep Purple to Mahler, did, did you hear all the all the symphonies of Mahler? Yes, <laughs> all wow. of them, even the not finished tenth. I mean, oh, it's wow. <laughs> it's. Uh, no, I'm a huge fan of Mahler, and the same with with Wagner. I mean, if you go to a Wagner opera, you're just mesmerized. I mean. You know, Gesamtkunstwerk, yeah, he really tried. <laughs> and he continued and continued writing. And uh, and, it's, and they all last for four hours, but it feels like half an hour, you know, because you're so into the story and you lose yourself in it. And yeah, it's, it's just the beauty of music, you know. It's it's the different genres, the different styles. I mean, uh, I've seen a hip-hop concert as well. You know, last I've seen a, a, a mix of a, a band from the Belmer here in Amsterdam. they combining uh, rap with punk. And it's it's also a cultural mixture because there are a lot of people of a Suriname background and there's a lot of Dutch people in there, American people, English, and the whole band is an intercultural um, melting pot. And they're just combining those two seemingly different uh, uh, genres like punk and hip hop, you know, but they work perfectly well together. You know, it's amazing. It's such great guys as well. I, there's so much fun and, uh, and a fantastic band. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, good to hear because in, in, in Spotify, for example, talking about styles, um, I think they, they have 5,400 different styles. So it's not mm -hmm. just jazz, pop, rock. No, we have three. And then the rest of the 5,400. And that's also your, the, the image that you're creating with all these different kinds of music. Also Johnny Cash with a very distinct voice to a, a Wagner orchestra. And I don't know how many people are there in the, in the, in the pit, but I think 300 and, and also a lot of uh, choir. So that's a, a real broad um, range of music. And this brings me to to the part can you tell us a little bit more about your break, background um who you are and what do you do for a living because yeah, this sure. refle this this uh, sound uh, let's say the soundscape we already hear when we hear the names reflects a little bit that you are doing something very special yes i work with music <laughs> so no, no surprise there now well um, as myself i started off as a musician i i uh, studied music at the conservatory uh, in england uh, and um really uh, focused into um jazz performance on double bass and drums uh, so d done both why don't ask me why i think i just just wanted to broaden my chances to to be able to play professionally um and during that time already i i started to really think about what am i 
thinking while I'm improvising? Where is this improvisation coming from while I'm playing it? And this has led with a lot of uh, different paths towards finishing a master in music cognition. So the working of music on brain and behavior uh, has followed up even more studies around it. I'm not going to mention all of the CV, uh, finished a PhD uh, on the topic of the effects of music on the brain in the end of the day uh, within the neuroscience and neuropsychology department. And now I am uh, um, involved in a lot of research uh, all around the world, and I'm a professor for music-based therapies and interventions at the uh, Artes University of the Arts in Enschede, uh, as well as working at the neonatal intensive care at the uh, hospital in Groningen. So that's kind of the, the in a nutshell, my way <laughs> how I ended up here. But as you see, it was always the fascination, the passion for music, and on the other hand, the neuroscientific medical side, uh, and how to combine those two. And I combined those in a way um, that you could say followed by passion and followed by what I've seen in practice, you know, while we apply music to different uh, populations, say somebody with dementia or children with autism or even the neurotypical, in inverted commas, healthy people. Um, and how you can actually use music for that advantage, for healthcare, for well-being, for uh, brain stimulation, for enhancement of cognitive functions. Uh, and that's the, in a bigger picture what, what I'm researching, what, what I'm working at and uh, what I'm earning my living with. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I saw you on TV. That was the first time. And this was an interview. And you also showed a video. And uh, th this was in a hospital of uh, um, children that are, uh, were uh, born early. And maybe you can, you can explain about what you did and, and uh, what, what, you, uh, what, did you, what do you do with your team. And I think that's very interesting to really understand all these words like neuromusicologist and uh, music therapist. So I, I might not understand all of it but this is um, then this explains a, a lot of the power of music and also your the way you're listening and we, we heard in the the way how broad you can listen with all these uh, different styles so you can you can imagine if you go into the example as you said with those neonates so extremely preterm born children so you can imagine a child is born uh, at around 35 36 weeks that's that's a wow. near term uh, and there are children that are born extremely early or too early and too early means uh, around 30 to uh, 28 weeks and extremely early can be even as early as 25 26 weeks so uh, wow. there's even there's even children that are born 24 weeks uh, into into gestation so into pregnancy so that is extremely early and uh, um, to give you a context, a child that is born extremely early is not developed yet. So the organs are not ready yet. So there could be problems with breathing. There could be problems with the heart, with the liver, with the stomach, with all intestines, if you want. General body movement could be a problem uh, because the brain is not fully developed yet and not ready for this world, in inverted commas. Um, so the children are starting off their life with a huge deficit, a huge biological deficit. So they are not as lucky as we were when we were born near to a bit late uh, so we, that we were completely ready for the world. So what we do is we put them in incubators and those incubators, you know, they, they are warm, they try to imitate the womb as much as possible. And unfortunately, as those children are so fragile and they have multiple problems, we have to 
attach them to different machines. So some are on a breathing apparatus, some are helped with uh, eating. They've got an infusion going on, of course, uh, so we can, can feed them also via tubes. There's oxygen going in there. So it's an intensive care unit. So there's somebody with them 24-7. Uh, we always check on those children. But as you can imagine, you are... Or I take it around. I, I, I turn it around. Imagine you are fast and fast asleep. And you are dreaming of the most beautiful islands and a cocktail, and you're lying there on the beach enjoying uh, a beautiful holiday. And out of the sudden, somebody storms into your bedroom and awakes you with a flashlight right into your face with a lot of noise and a lot of sound and tells you to uh, stand outside in the rain where it's minus 20. Wow. That would be the experience of a child that was born too early and is coming into this world. It also happens with a child that is born term, but there, you know, you, you are more prepared for it, if you, if you wish. Hmm. So a child that is not completely prepared, it doesn't know what those inputs are, what all those things are around it. You know, it can't breathe. It can't, it's, it's grasping for breath. It's, it's still not ready. The brain is confused. The child is confused. So that's why we put them in the, in this enclosed space in the incubators where they can be as safe as possible <laughs> and to, to give them the best medical care that we possibly can. So that's the picture. <laughs> so, you, so you have not an idea how bad the child is. And maybe also good to, to just breathe for a moment to really, really let the picture come in. And, yeah. and, and some people might have experienced this or, or yes. might know people. And so we know this is really a severe situation. Yeah. And now the music comes in. Now the music comes in indeed. So uh, you don't have to imagine the music uh, to be a whole CD or a whole song by Beyonce or Mahler. You know, it would be too much. As I said, you know, it would be as having the flashlight in your face and shoving you out into the rain. So what we do, we have, a, um, on the one hand, a special training that we uh, offer uh, together with, with New York um, and the hospital in New York that we train music therapists, so people who are studied to provide musical interventions for people, and we train them especially for the neonates and for the neonatal intensive care. So they know how to use it and how fragile those children are so they don't overstimulate them. So what this music therapist does, it picks, for example, one chord on the guitar. Pom, 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 pom. That's it. And it repeats that. So the... The music therapist will repeat that, sitting next to the to the child in the incubator. Maybe you can open the door of the incubator or not. You can see how it goes. And they're playing that song. Sometimes the parents are there as well, and they start humming along or singing along. And what you see is that that very minimal amount of sound. It is music. Yeah, what is music? That's a different discussion, I think. John Cage's 422 is also music. But the, um, that minimal amount of sound is stimulating the child in a special way. And what happens with the child is the child starts to turn towards the music, so it's interested. There's something happening cognitively, so in the brain there's something happening. Then the child turns to the parents while they are singing along or humming because it recognizes the voices, of course, because it was in the womb. Then it turns again to the music therapist. So there's communication through that mm -hmm. music. In the meantime, we observe the heart rate, blood pressure, how much oxygen there is in the body and the brain, uh, how the child generally functions, because the monitors are there. It's in an intensive care unit, so we can see all the bodily functions. And what we see is that there is more activation in the brain, so the child gets stimulated, not overstimulated, but stimulated, and is interested in what's happening. And biology has taught us uh, once there is stimulation in the brain, there is creation.
So if you stimulate the brain, there will be uh-huh. nerve cells created, there will be connections created, and that will stimulate the growth of the brain. So in a child that has been born with not enough connections, because it was too early, we really try to boost and help the child to grow more of those uh, nerve cells and in turn more of the bodily function, just to gain weight. They eat faster when they or more when they listen to music or they interact better. So that's where the music comes in at the neonatal intensive care. So, so they learn via they, their ears. Pretty much. I mean, they're not really learning, learning, but what they are doing, they are um, expanding the blueprint. So the blueprint of the brain is mm-hmm. not ready yet, and they're continuing building the blueprint with slight stimulations just to create some more and new connections and new connectivity in the brain that will be necessary later in life to really learn further on. And another byproduct is that it reduces stress in those children. And uh, we could see that by uh, mm-hmm. uh, also seeing their blood pressure going down and even in their Uh, in the stress genes, because you've got certain genes that are uh, um, stressors, so they are either on or off. And even there, we can see that we can turn off stress-related genes. So in terms of epigenetics, we even have an uh, impact on that. Uh, so uh, it's, it's de-stressing, really triggering and stimulating uh, brain growth, as well as bodily growth. Because through the music, the sucking reflex is becoming more steady and stronger so they can gain weight. And once they gain weight, they can um, yeah, be discharged earlier and they, the body can recover better. Because the child in the neonatal intensive care mm. is extremely light. Huh? You're talking 500 grams sometimes, but it's nothing. Even less than yeah, 500 wow. grams. It fits in, in the palm of your hand. You can imagine yeah, it's that small sometimes. Yeah, that's five let's say five chocolate bars or (laughs) just as a a comparison so that's really weak what what, what kind of um instruments or or does instruments have an have an an influence the 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 kind of instrument i think you you just said guitar or does it matter um, and overall, it doesn't matter. I mean, if we, if we talk about uh, music therapy in adults, it wouldn't matter which instrument you play. In those children, we always have to use something uh, which can be played in different volumes, uh, so uh, mm-hmm. soft or, or, or hard, and also that has a wider range. Uh, we could also use a piano, for example, but that's much more difficult to get into an intensive care unit, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and a guitar has, has a wide range. It's a soft sound if you use nylon strings. Um, you can do a lot with it um, and it um, doesn't create a barrier you know I mean wind instruments sometimes because they're kind of sticking out and they're they're long you know and they're kind of strong sounding can create a barrier as well and it's uh, sometimes very difficult I'm not saying that it's impossible but it's very difficult to um, play one chord on a clarinet you could and you could change and shift and modulate of course it really all depends on the on the on the ability of the therapist uh, but um it is guitar seems to work very very well and another thing that we use is an ocean drum so a form of a percussion instrument and it's mm-hmm. a huge round um, drum with two drum heads one at the bottom one at the top and inside there are small balls little iron balls and if you move the drum around it sounds like the the waves of the ocean <laughs> Mm. so and that creates oh, the, nice. the the sound of the womb you can uh, test that when you uh, uh, close your ears with your fingers you hear that sh- that's your blood flowing through your body and that ocean drum is recreating that sound yeah. oh 
Oh, that's uh, that's smart, smart. So it's not a something like a hang drum, or it's not an instrument an, an instrument to play with. It's more a sound, let's say, a sound effect, or yeah, yeah. like a natural sound you bring in. That's also yeah. something when we when I talk with people um, that um, uh, make an a healthy workplace uh, mm -hmm. because sometimes in, in all these big offices people are talking you hear a lot of noise and the architects yeah. didn't think about how to to dampen the sound so there's a lot of noise going on and sometimes yeah. the people say uh, play um, wind uh, wind effects or uh, birds something like this but but that's not something that you would use no you know, again with with birds and wind sounds it's um The question is, you know, uh, how much overstimulation can you give? You know, it could it can very easily. It's such a fine line between under and overstimulating those children, uh, and with a, with an instrument that you can control, it's uh, much easier to really stop or go. You know, to see, okay, I have to change something. If I would just play. Uh, a bird <laughs> i would have to have each individual note of the bird in a, in a keyboard and then i could make a melody with the bird sound then it would work but just play, yeah. replaying a cd with a bird or playing a cd with music on it you know recorded music would, wouldn't work either it would be too much uh, it is it is exactly that yeah. uh, that that application of very tailored and specific to the child's needs uh, and how the music therapist plays sometimes they choose to play one note or two notes you know pom 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 and see how the child reacts you know and and you see all right it reacts all right let's do three notes pom 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 and then you can slowly but surely build and if when you, once you see that the child is not comfortable with the three notes you can immediately go back and, uh, and maybe play quieter faster because the heart rate is going up and you're trying to catch the heart rate and bring it back down again you know so that's all those mm. things that life performed music in the uh, icu is extremely yeah. important because you can really tailor it to the needs of the patient yeah that's that, that's also what fascinates me so much on music and why i call it music thinking because mm -hmm. you have a performer in some way and you have a listener And it's not just performing, it's not just making a CD, it's just the interaction and the listener in, in, in this example also influences the music because, because it, it, actually they, they, they play together in, 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 yeah. in, in this way. That's, Absolutely. I mean, the listener becomes the performer and the performer becomes the listener. It's, yeah. it's becoming a reciprocal process it's uh, because you're not just there sitting and playing your song waiting for an applause and that would be a pure performer uh, well not completely because you always get something from your audience but that's a different story but in that respect you know you really are in tune and trying to be in tune with your patient so with either the child you know in the in the incubator or maybe even an elderly with dementia it really doesn't matter which extreme spectrum you choose you're really trying to be in tune with that one person and the language you're using is music it's that's what connects you to you may mm -hmm. be of different cultural backgrounds you may not speak the same language uh, you may not understand each other with hand and feet but once you start to play music together or start a conversation through the music you both become the performer as well as the listener so that's the reciprocality in it yeah yeah absolutely can you um you, you just mentioned uh, dementia did, did you also 
uh, um, design interventions for, let's say, the business or for we, sometimes we have something like a team, uh, team building workshops or, um, or people have a conflict in some way. So that's, let, let's compare it with what you just uh, uh, told us that then it sounds very, yeah, very profane, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, but still there is a problem. Did, did you think um, about also uh, about, uh, interventions in bringing people to together i mean we can definitely take interventions that are already present within music therapy or music interventions and bring them into the business world i mean as you said there is uh, there's a conflict you know so you're trying to resolve some something and there's multiple uh, approaches that we could use to um not just resolve the conflict but maybe be able to reflect upon the conflict why it happened in the first place because that's what mm. music therapy does it's not just solving the problem as it is i'm ill help me now we're trying to find the core of the problem and really tackle that so if you look at at, 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 the, at the business conflict you could say well why not put those two parties in a room together and let them write a song on the supervision you know and mm. Start like that, or pick an instrument and just see how, why, how do you see the conflict arose? Which instrument would you pick? And subject A would say, "I'm going to pick the drum because I'm just going to beat on it, and I, it's just just frustrating me, and I'm angry." And say the person is associating the drum with anger. And on the other hand, somebody would say, "Well, I would like to pick the flute because I have a very thin and light voice, but nobody hears me." So mm, you right. already you know just by them picking those instruments. Okay, that yeah. person. A is frustrated about the choice. That's where the f- conflict comes from. And on the other hand, the other person does not have the sense of being hurt. Mm. And nobody said anything, but you already have an idea where it's going. Yeah. And then you let them to play together. Even if they don't have to play the instrument, they don't have to know how to play the flute or the drums. Just let them make sound and noise. And now you're going to realize Ah. that the person playing the drums plays very, very softly or hardly at all. And the person that plays the flute tries to blow the living hell out of it. Now the idea changes because the person that thinks that it's not heard is actually the one that is screaming the most. And the person that is frustrated where you thought it might be anger, this is the person that is not heard at all. Because it's he or she is playing very very quietly, so he thinks, okay, I can't do anything about it. Why are you screaming? You know, we can't. And the more you do those, they still haven't said a word. And um, yes. and that's a process that you really go into. And you could say, right, how can we resolve this? How can we find where it's all coming from? And then you start talking with them, and say, well, yeah. maybe you can put it into a song. How about? And then the music therapist would play along on the piano or on the guitar mm-hmm. to really give them a framework, um, and and coach them through that idea. You know, so it would be more music coaching rather than music therapy but you see you can use those techniques from music therapy and bring them into the business coaching side absolutely by the way that's a fantastic idea i have to write it down and sell it (laughs) there are some approaches in in doing this and um i i talked last week with uh, wolfgang stark he's a professor and um they were working with the table the reactable and it's also um uh, an, an iPad uh, app, and different people can can play together, so they don't have to learn the instrument. The instrument already does a lot, yeah. and in the way how they interact, you can see how people. So um, the, the question sometimes is, who was acting the most? Yeah, who did not play? Yeah. And I I, I did an uh, an intervention with twenty people playing an A four. 
everybody has just a piece of paper. And yeah. the idea was making music, so it sounds silly. And But the good thing is it sounds silly for everyone. <laughs> so that's the easy part. And then try to, to, to make music with it and whatever music is. So we just had it about yeah. Cage 433. So everything can be music. And the question is, how do you interact? How do you do something together? Did you hear me doing this? Did you hear me doing that? And did I hear you while I play? Oh, maybe yeah. not because I was playing. I couldn't hear you because yeah. that's my sound. So yeah, that's that's, not... that's that's the fine line as well. Again, with performing, eh? so so you have to listen to each other. Eh? It's 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 um, yeah, well. There's four forms. Let let me re rewind it a bit. You know, we've got four forms of music participation: passive listening, mm -hmm. active listening, music making, and improvisation. Okay. Uh, passive listening uh, is you sitting in a restaurant, uh, you're having a conversation. There's music in the background. You noticed it when you entered the restaurant, but once you sit down and you have a conversation, you don't hear it. Your brain does but you are not actively hearing it um, until the moment that the song comes up that you remember or that you recognize. And you say, oh, hang on. Do you hear that? Remember when we were in Ghana? I don't know, sitting somewhere in a, in a restaurant eating there. Remember that moment? And uh, out of a sudden, your brain tells you, hang on, there's something we recognize. Maybe we have to shift our focus. And you're shifting your focus to that song. And in the situation that you have uh, mentioned, it could be exactly that um, crossroad between passive listening. So I couldn't hear you because I was playing myself. I was so focused and so into my own thing that I couldn't hear what was happening around me. Or there's the group of people that say, well, but I was listening everywhere because I recognized everything and I tried to get in there with my own thing and once you combine those two you get into music making and the music making part needs passive listening as well as active li listening because you don't always listen 100% to a drummer while you're playing in a band because you know he will keep the beat or she so it will be fine you know you can trust them uh, so you can just leave it in the passive listening area and actively listen to for example the singer while you're trying to create a solo around them just mentioning something and the last thing is the improvisation bit where you need all three so you need passive listening active listening and the music making part as well as an additional uh, brain capacity of creativity and of creating something out of completely nowhere it's not completely nowhere because you learned your vocabulary whether it's musical or whether it's language and that's it's something that uh, i'm discussing in depth and in length in my upcoming book i'm going to make some advertisement it's going to be there in november uh, it's, uh, it's called uh, future music or tukums music and it's exactly that what it's going to dis discuss it's about we can improvise already it's um, not something that we should uh, be afraid of uh, and a lot of people you know like you said with the four a4 papers they think they are silly making music with those papers but we are our worst judges we are our worst critics and once we're trying to aesthetically understand the world around us we will always place ourselves below others and that's why we think that we cannot improvise but we are improvising each and every day while we're having this conversation, I, I didn't prepare anything because I didn't know what you're going to ask me. So I'm improvising yeah, my way through at the moment. Yeah. But I learned the vocabulary. Yes. I learned yeah. something um, like words, like like knowledge in the field. And I'm using this to answer your questions. In music, it's the same thing. You learn all the things you can, notes or playing with an A4 piece of paper, and you're just using it in a different context. The brain areas are exactly the same. Uh, so uh, in, in, a, in a business environment, I mean, it, that brings people out of the comfort zone using a medium 
they would usually not be comfortable using and saying, well, here's an A4 piece of paper. Yes. Let's make some music with it and see how far you get. Oh, no, I can't do that. No, 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 never did. Yes, you can. Because there's nothing else, there's none, no difference at all than having a conversation with a business partner across the world. It's exactly the same uh, 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 biological uh, procedure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I wanted to mention this uh, too because what what, what we're doing um, has two, uh, you know, two components. You said you didn't prepare, but I would say all your life or your work life is preparation in in that sense and yeah. this would count also for me although i have maybe the first two questions i have written out and for the rest let's see what comes and the interesting part is that when we are in business we we tend not to be good improvisers or improvisation is just something goes wrong and then we try to fix it um but to to learn how to improvise would also be to learn to make some kind of easy talk hello how are you That's the first thing, and then you say something back, and then a conversation could uh, could start. I mean, in, in business, you have a, you have a clear goal, and and you have a defined goal in business. I mean, in music, you also have a defined goal, but it seems more um, laissez-faire. It seems more oh, they're making music together, but to create an improvisation that is so well made takes a lot of effort. And uh, one example would be Miles Davis's "Bitches Brew." Uh, when they started and they didn't know nothing they didn't know where to go what to play and it created one of the most outrageously beautiful pieces of music ever written in the modern times or look at ascensions by john coltrane they just started with one note each had one note and everybody could choose where they wanted to place it and that's how it went uh, and in business it's the same thing Because you have a goal, uh, you have an idea, you maybe not have the same idea as your business partner, and I'm not talking about business where you already agreed and you're just uh, signing the contracts to continue, but you are meeting somebody completely new. You have to convince them of your stand, of your idea, where you want to go. But they won't do the same thing because they want to convince you because everybody wants a win-win situation. Otherwise, it wouldn't, be, uh, it wouldn't be business and you preferably have your situation be slightly more win than the others. Otherwise, it wouldn't be business again. Um, but it's exactly the same procedure because you are going in there with a ready-made vocabulary, but you don't know what to expect from the other person. And the other person has the same hmm. thing. And uh, what I see often in, in, in real life is where it clashes, and that's uh, from, from my uh, neuropsychology and psychology uh, um, uh, education, where it usually clashes is anticipation of the other and what they think and assume about the other person. So it's anticipation and assumption of the other person. So it's a lack of empathy. So because you think, well, I think that a person so-and-so will have that and that idea about business because they're coming from that and that company and that and that strategy. The other person has exactly the same. So you both enter the room with assumptions, which are always the mother of all F dot 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 ups. Um, and on the other hand, you, you think that you know how to convince the other. If you would turn it around and you say, well, I know what I want. I have no idea what the other person wants. Let's find out. We have half an hour meeting. Let's find out in that half hour with a, a structured uh, um, dialogue what the other person wants and how we can get the best out of it. And at the end of that meeting, I can guarantee you that you will not only uh, close the deal, but you will also become good partners for the future. Because you starting to understand each other. You show empathetically what you can contribute to the other person's well-being. 
And that well-being will resonate to your contract that you just signed, and the person happily will pay 10% more for that. And that's uh, and that, that's that's I have to frankly admit I tried that uh, multiple times in, in 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 lobby situations where I tried to convince people in inverted commas of the importance of music and music therapy on the brain, and they <laughs> have the assumption that music and uh, music therapy is a hippie thing. It's music. It's a leftish hobby. We can't do it. We can't take it serious. But I don't oh, really? approach those people like yeah. We hear that a lot. We still hear that a lot. You know that it's not evidence oh, yeah. based. Uh, that there is the, the evidence that there is is not very strong you know it's a it's a cultural artifarty thing you know what how can it help but if you approach them not just with the same language that they speak but with no assumption and with the empathy to find out why they think that you are artifarty and hippie um then you can actually turn them around and then the key in there is the use the same language understand the language of the other and try to match your own language to theirs so if i speak with a medical doctor i try to talk like a medical doctor using the terminology if i would speak to a business person i would try to use the terminology as much as possible translating music and music therapy and brain related sciences or neuromusicology whichever you please into a business related model and then you have the conversation then they feel included rather than excluded then they are part of it and you convince yeah. them that they already were part of it before you started the conversation the yeah. only thing is they didn't know how to find you and now we are standing much stronger for their benefit the, absolutely what you what you just uh, said is actually that's your empathy Uh, to choose the right language or the, the right words to talk with these people. And that's also the link to the very beginning of our, of our talk, of our conversation. And so the, the empathy is really just to, to connect. And, and I always say in, uh, in, in, in the way how I work, in the, I've, uh, I made a framework and empathy is one of the six cues. And I always say empathy is not a one-way street. It doesn't mean that you have to have empathy with me. No. We have to, to find out how can I empathize with you and you with me. And if this is flowing from both sides, and that's exactly what we had in the situation that we, when the therapist is playing the music exactly. and the, the newborn child is reacting, it's the same when we have business people or in your example, the, the drum and the flute. And yeah. there, there is something where you stop doing things like you thought it should be done there is the opening and from hey there's something more than just me yeah, and that's exactly. that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting thing that that i like with music therapy and maybe it's just the word because um we have to change the word if we go to um, um if in, in the business context i would always say i'm a coach or i'm a facilitator yeah, or i'm exactly. a trainer And if I'm saying, oh, I'm a business therapist, then people would say, okay, no, we don't need you. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing is, you know, as you say, you know, empathy has to come from two sides. If it's a one-way street, it's called pity, not empathy. Yes. So you're pitying the other person, you know, and that's uh, it's extremely clear and exactly uh, what you say in relating this to the, to the neonatal intensive care. Um, if you, some adults are not so different from an, born child for preterm born child they are not ready yet they they started something where they were not quite sure whether it's going to be the best solution for them however they continue because it's the passion or maybe not even passion but it's a path that they chose and they need 
a certain not guideline, you know, but they need a framework, as you said it, you know, to be able to operate in there. And if, if music can give that and they create and open up your self-esteem, your your ideas and your understanding of the world, then then that can contribute to, to how you go and further go along with it, of course. And um it's with the terminology, you know, as you said, I'm a business therapist. Uh, the problem with therapy is it is extremely um, clotted with negative, again, associations and assumptions. Because if you say I'm in therapy, then everybody says, oh, he's got a problem. You know, he's ill. I'm not going to talk to him. He's crazy. Right. That's, that's the first assumption that they will have. But yeah. if you say, for example, I'm having music lessons and I'm going to the uh, local music mm. school where I'm following classes. Meanwhile, you're actually getting therapy there yes. because you have a problem or maybe not, but you want to try yeah. to uh, boost your self-esteem. It's a complete different story. Oh, he's just following music lessons. Well done, mate. You're following lessons. I, I should pick up the flute again, you know, just to say so. It's it's the idea that yeah. we have in our head about wordings. Um, in business, there, there's most likely no difference uh, by saying I'm, I'm closing a deal or we're making a deal together. There must be some words as well that have certain weight and certain uh, connotations to them that are either positively or negatively perceived. And once you drop them, the other party will say, all right, no, thank you very much. I'm not going to work with them. <laughs> so in, in every profession, you have those, you know, and we just have to let go of uh, our pre-made ideas of terms that we think that we understand but we actually have no idea about uh, and then we don't know what they entail and how deep they really go and uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself of course we are humans we all do that we all have that's how we understand the world by making presumptions assumptions and then trying to either uh, agree on them or being completely uh, taken aback and saying oh hang on i was wrong you know that's how we work as humans and which is a, a very interesting trait of humankind and we uh, destroyed a lot what we built a lot as well on that <laughs> on that path <laughs> but, but that's uh, what you just described that that's also the basis of an improvisation not Absolutely. everything in, imp in improvisation is good and uh, we we hear often uh, famous people say oh and then i made a mistake and then then it changed and then it be then it became magic because there was a mistake and that's so for me is just an open door to to share with people that are looking uh, from 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 a, a business perspective yeah. and this would also be my question um when we talk about interventions, what would be an, an intervention that someone could do in the business world that isn't that has now some, let's say, resonance with our talk, <laughs> and say, oh, that's that's interesting. So, uh, what would be a very low um, thing that they could could give it a could could try? Uh, the first and utmost and most important get to somebody that is trained in coaching musically <laughs> because they will guide you through the process uh, and they will guide you properly through the process. Uh, but what you could uh, uh, encourage is uh, um, to, and that is something that is not really um, business related or, or company related, but on each individual person, uh, try new music. Try to listen to music that you have never thought of listening before. Uh, start there. That is so low-key, you know. We, we all should do that much more because having uh, a certain uh, piece of music or certain artist or certain genre on, say, one particular radio station, every time we're in the car going to work, uh, we're having this one radio station on. Change it around. Re listen to something completely different that you wouldn't ever dream of listening. At first, you will say, I really don't like it. But that's just, again, an assumption. Why don't you like it? It could be that after listening to it for two days, you still say, well, it's not my cup of tea. 
it's too hard or it's too extreme or it's this or whatever. That's, that's your personal choice. That's fine. But trigger your brain. Try to enhance your vocabulary and try to see how, how it affects you. Maybe out of your sudden you will discover uh, that Eminem is actually using Beethoven's Third Symphony in one of his songs. And you will say, well, hang on, I always liked Beethoven. Right. I never liked Eminem or the other way around, you know, and now you see the connection. And that would be something that everybody can do yep. low-key each and every day. I try to do it as much as possible when I to listen to music. I don't just play shuffle, you know, I just try to look for different genres actively and then just press play and see what happens. And I skip through things. No, no, I'm not feeling like it, not feeling it. But revisit it. Save it and come back to it a few days later. Maybe your mood is different. Maybe the light as it comes into your room is different. Out of a sudden, you do like it. And give it a chance. Enhance your uh, vocabulary and really listen to new music. Every music is beautiful from Andre Hazes to death metal Dimu Borgir. Just to say two extremes. It doesn't really matter. They all have something beautiful in them. And music doesn't discriminate. And uh, neither should you against music. Wow, that sounds um, yeah, that sounds uh, something that's very easy to do because we all have a Spotify or Absolutely. some comparable account, and there are also playlists. Um, I, I have to look it up and do uh, put them in the show notes. There's a playlist that goes through all the genres, uh, for example, in Spotify. Yeah. So every song will be different, and you can skip it easy. Yeah. And sometimes it's what you just said, maybe not the moment. Yeah. Um, I have an, another thing that I started two years ago. Um, just to, to, to learn a new musical instrument, an instrument that's maybe far, far from where you normally would, would do. And I picked up the, the shakuhachi. It's oh, nice. uh, the, 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 the Japanese, Japanese flute. Japanese bamboo flute. Uh, do you also wear the beehive? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. But that's an interesting, yeah. an interesting thing because these monks, they, they, they put a beehive above their head to play. This means they, they have to play by heart. And yeah. it means it's not really intended for other people. It's yeah. like a, a sonic meditation for you. So it's not to play as a performer. It's just to find yourself. And that was interesting. And, and the first thing that you learn, and, and I, I, I like this, I would not say the most, but this is a really nice part. You have to, to learn the notation. And yeah. it goes from above to down and from right yeah. to left. Yeah. And it has certain way. And, and only this score helps me to understand from, hey, wow, come on, that's really something different. And I'm a beginner again. I have to unlearn other things. For yeah. example, um, there, there were certain ways that you would do with a normal flute. Um, that's not allowed. That's not the, the style. So you have to do mm -hmm. something else. That was interesting. And, and may, maybe that's an extreme uh, example, but also other instruments that are very easy to, to use or, or a lot of digital instruments nowadays can be, can be easy just to... to to shape your 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 hearing yeah definitely even if you don't play an instrument at all just pick one up you know and just just go to the local music store and just just get one doesn't whatever takes your fancy i mean guitar is easily learned you know the basics i'm not not saying going into professional guitar players or the bass or the ukulele or, or a bongo i mean whatever your your neighbors allow i mean and just pick one up and, and go through the process of learning an instrument and if you learn an instrument take another one and see how you can do that and that will again uh, 
um, like in those neonates, create new connections in your brain. It will create new links in your brain and you will have a headache. You will say, I can't do this. And you will have to persevere and you will have to push through. And in the end, after, after a few years, you will say, look at that. I can actually play a song while somebody else is singing with me, you know, and it's going to grow and grow and grow. And you will really, really boost your brain with that much more than with any, uh, application that you can download that says that you're going to train your brain with they are great pastimes if you have five minutes to wait for the bus but they are not so good to really train your brain if you really want to train your brain pick up an instrument and play music and the, the shakuhachi the notation i was just curious the notation is about the length of breath isn't it when it's uh, the, the the length of the stri stripe yeah. and so it was that uh, yeah i remember it in my uh, uh, conservatory yes. times in dartington we had a, a shakuhachi player she uh, she was um well, she she was oh, wasn't wow. really allowed to play officially but she wanted to break uh, through the um the um the convention and she always performed with the beehive so you couldn't see that's a woman you know and she said well while i have the beehive on it's not just the meditation oh, wow. for me but it's also so nobody can see that i'm actually a female who is not allowed in the tradition of shakuhachi players to play it <laughs> and uh, it, uh, and she was amazing and she told us exactly about this length of uh, tones of breath of how you can interpret that again and how uh, how much improvisation there is in it and, and and the other hand how much strict notation as well and it's an absolutely beautiful instrument so picking up an instrument and training your brain actually just to add would be be your own therapist and and call yeah. it differently so <laughs> maybe that's exactly, the the, yeah. the big uh, biggest insight so Arthur, thank you very much for for this conversation um how can people come into contact with you is there a website um, would you like them to follow you on linkedin what would be if people have a question how would they yeah. how should they contact i mean it's all possible you can follow me on linkedin i'm i'm uh, there and i am rather active on linkedin <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I actually do it. Uh, I've got a personal website as well, which is rtjaske.nl. Uh, so uh, we can put it in the, into the uh, description maybe as well. And uh, we've got the website for the professorship for music-based therapies and interventions, um, which we can also share. And people can follow all developments on that side as well. There. So if you, if you feel free to get in touch, feel free to email or, or message me via LinkedIn. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to be more than happy to, to answer all uh, questions that you have. And it was an absolute pleasure. Christoph to have this conversation thank you so very much and uh, more to come I think I mean we're not quite there yet but uh, I have the feeling that there's going to be more conversations and more active music making double bass and sakuhachi was always my dream <laughs> thank you so much for listening I really appreciate this because listening is one of the top leadership skills and I feel honored about this It is my mission to find, create and share inspirations for meaningful collaboration based on music analogies. If you want to support this, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating or write a review on iTunes or Spotify. And more inspirations can be found on musicthinking.com. We have a blog and you can download the Music Thinking Framework. And finally, I would love to hear your feedback. And if you need help with a business challenge, please reach out to me via email podcast at musicthinking.com. <laughs>